Welcome to Take Your Stand, the podcast of Here I Stand Ministries. I'm your host, Luke Seibert. Let's explore more of what it means to live out the gospel by clinging to the Word and to one another. Welcome back. Last week we kicked off the podcast and gave a broad overview of some of the main subjects that we're going to cover. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about music in the church in every episode, but here we are. We're going to talk about music today. The specific aspect of music I wanted to, to share is that what we don't often think a lot about, uh, at least I don't think we think a lot about it, is the idea that songs actually are teaching tools or that um, <clears throat> they can teach people. And uh, this comes from a, a a point that I'll bring out hopefully another in a future episode is that the twofold goal or purpose of our music is both uh, vertical and horizontal. That it's to glorify God, and it's also to edify one another. And <clears throat> just real quick, we're going to focus upon that last aspect of edifying with the specific focus, sub focus there upon teaching. And this comes from Colossians chapter three, verse sixteen. Whereas Paul's talking about our new life in Christ, how uh, everything has changed now that we've, been, we've uh, died with Christ, the elementary principles of the world, chapter 2. We've been raised with Christ, beginning of chapter 3. And now here's how you are to live as the children of God. And it gives a lot of details, different aspects of that. And then he says in chapter 3, verse 16 of Colossians, he says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. So we all see right there both the two aspects of our singing. That yes, we are singing with thanksgiving in our heart to God. We are singing in praise of Him, giving thanks for what He has done in Christ, uh, for who He is, even uh, beyond what He has done, just for who He is, and you know, using those variety of songs. But as we do that, we are actually teaching and admonishing one another, and this song, this verse actually calls us to, to be singing with that, with the word of Christ, the Scripture dwelling in our hearts, holding that fast, and using wisdom to how to apply that and show that through our music. So there's a lot we could talk about that, and I'm looking forward to a future episode where I can dive more into the that two pronged purpose of our music, uh, especially specifically music in the church. Um, not just in church services, but among Christians. So, uh, again, just but the focus today is that songs actually teach us. And um, <clears throat> maybe if you don't believe me, just consider this: uh, Do angels actually sing? Or we probably would say, "Oh, yeah, they do." But Scripture doesn't actually say that. Uh, that comes from all the Christmas carols that we sing, talk about the angels singing. The Bible doesn't tell us that they don't. There's actually a verse that. Uh, can be, uh, it has some different interpretive things that you could look at. It's difficult to maybe understand what exactly it says. That um, It's Job chapter 38, verse 7. There, uh, it's talking about God creating the earth, what was going on when that happened. And it says, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Uh, Job is seen as, a, as one of the earliest books of Scripture and in that early time of of Israel's history, uh, if you look at in Job and then also in Genesis, sons of God there um, referred to angels. So there it, it is. You could be look at that. Uh, some people dispute that, but that's from my study of scripture. That seems pretty clear. Um, 
And so that verse, you could look at it and say, well, maybe angels do sing it. That's what the, the morning stars refer to. Or if that's just poetic language for shouting was singing to there's some different interpretive things we could talk about but you could you could make a case for it but our belief that angels sing come from a large part from the actual songs that we sing that they're actually teach us uh things and that can be for for good or for bad but uh we'll get into that here in a moment but i would point out two points about this that if our songs actually teach us uh if they teach us um things what to believe then there's two points that that flow from that and uh the first one is that we should delight in singing good songs that uh, we should we should hold on to these songs that teach good sound doctrine that we hold on to them and they they become part of us and they help shape our thoughts an example of some beautiful songs that about like the trinity uh trinity the the trinity is one of those concepts that's uh, can be kind of hard for us to grasp our minds around wrap our minds around that how god could be three persons in one uh, without division or confusion, uh, to use some language of the early creeds, how does that work together? And we can't fully comprehend it, but we but we believe and confess that God re- truly is one, and that He has revealed Himself in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit—not different modes, but three persons at the simultaneously. Yet there's no division. So there's there's songs that speak to this to help teach this and remind us that this is the God that we serve. We serve a Trinitarian God. A traditional hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. So I'm sure most of us are all familiar with, but the first and the last verse both uh, conclude with the the line, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. There it is right there, that God in three persons. It teaches us that. Uh, A newer uh, hymn, uh, a Triune Prayer by Chris Anderson. Uh, check it out on Churchworks Media. I believe the sheet music and the lyrics are there. I talk about different aspects of our prayer and how all three members of the Trinity are involved with that. Uh, another song, All Praise to Him by Sovereign Grace Music. Uh, each of the verses goes through and praises a particular as- a particular member of the Trinity and then concludes with a praise to the, the Trinity together that we serve one God who is revealed in three persons. And there are others, but these are three of the main ones that come to mind when I think about songs that teach the Trinity. And again, we're not going to be fully comprehend how God can be three persons yet still be one, how all that works. But we accept that by faith. Um, by the way, if you wanted to delve into that a little bit more, uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Lewis has a fantastic discussion about the, how we can't fully comprehend the Trinity, but it shouldn't bother us. And we should actually expect that we can't fully comprehend it. It's a, it's a great discussion in his book, Mere Christianity. So you can check that out if you want to dive into that some more. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's, a, that's an example of something about the Trinity. But there's so many examples of songs that teach scripture, that teach blessed gospel truths about who Christ is and what he has done for us. Um, here's a few examples um, that I hadn't... I don't always think about, oh, is this teaching, does this actually teach scripture? But when you pause and consider it and try to dive in and understand what is this song actually teaching me, we see that it's actually teaching scripture. <clears throat> Example, before the throne of God above. Uh, so much in there that we could dive into, but it talks about, in the, the second verse, for God the just is satisfied to look on him, meaning to look on Christ, and pardon me. And that satisfaction of the wrath of God by looking on Christ is from Isaiah 53, verse 11, 
where it says, because of the anguish of his soul, he will look on it, meaning the father will look on it and be satisfied. That there it is. It teaches that the father is satisfied because of what Christ has gone through. And that is contained in that song before the throne of God above. Another song that is just packed full of gospel truth is in Christ alone. Um, one aspect in there is that uh, <clears throat> that it talks about God, about, about Jesus being, being fully God and <clears throat> taking on flesh. Uh, Colossians 2 ver, uh, verse 9 says, And in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And there in, in that song, in Christ alone, it says, Fullness of God. It talks about <clears throat> fullness of God and helpless babe. That it teaches that truth that when Jesus took on flesh, he did not give up any part of his divinity. He was still fully God and he was fully man. Again, one of those concepts we can't fully comprehend or can't fully understand uh, all the details of that, but we accept it by faith. And that's one of the truths that the song in Christ alone teaches us. Um, another example, The Blood of Jesus Speaks for Me by Travis Cottrell. Uh, a beautiful song speaking of different aspects of the salvation we have through Christ. And it seems to be drawn from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, with talking about Jesus and how his blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And that song, The Blood of Jesus Speaks for Me, goes through and shows different aspects of how we have pardon through his blood, that we have a confidence before our Father, so many aspects of these things that we have because Christ has shed his blood on our behalf. We could go on and on with examples, but um, <clears throat> but that these illustrate the point that songs do teach us, and we should rejoice in that, should delight in that, uh, because one of the reasons that one of the reasons we should rejoice in that is that words stick with us, and they help uh, dire direct our thoughts and our beliefs. Uh, Keith Getty writes this uh, <clears throat> in his book Sing, which I, I highly recommend. is a fantastic book, but and um. But he says this, he says, the truth is that the songs we sing on a Sunday <clears throat> stick with us, and so they shape us. Saying that our theology, our understanding of God, who we are of salvation, uh, is shaped by our songs. And it's uh, when we choose songs that are good, that are based on scripture, that teach accurately the things of God, they help reinforce that and drive it into a deeper part of us beyond just hearing words and um, other authors have said a similar thing as well but uh, Keith Getty does a great job of talking about various aspects of that and the importance of that um, in his book Sing and so I said we should delight in, in good songs songs that we sing that uh, teach the truth that remind us of the salvation we have in Christ of who God is of um, who we are of our need of his, of his grace daily of our call to go to the nations our call even just to steadily follow the Lord faithfully day after day where we are. You, you just go on and on with examples. So we should we should delight in the songs that we sing, the songs that teach truth. But uh, a corollary to that is that we need to discern the songs that we sing. That because songs actually teach us, we need to make sure that we are choosing songs to listen to and to sing that accurately teach the truth of Scripture. Because we can just get so caught up in songs and then you go sing it for a few times and you come back to it, you're like, wait a minute, what am I singing? And just we, sometimes we don't think about it. So we need to engage the mind. Um, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 uh, talks about how he will sing with sing with the mind and with the spirit <clears throat> that engage in that mind with what we sing. 
And so we should uh, be looking for songs and try to make sure that the songs that we are singing do accurately teach scripture. And a lot of times the song, it also shows the importance of uh, finding good, solid hymn writers and those who produce good music that is, that is based upon scripture. Uh, two examples that uh, have actually taught me and helped me understand scripture more uh, come from two of my favorite groups, um, the Keith and Christian Getty and then City of Light. I'll go through these quickly. But um, the first one by Keith and Christian Getty, a beautiful song, The Lord is My Salvation. Just And that's another one that emphasizes the Trinity. I, it's uh, one of my favorites. But in there, in, in one of the verses, it says that I know his grace will renew these days. And I'm like, what does that mean? Where, is that a biblical phrase? And I mean, to wrestle with that for a while and on and off, just kept wondering about it. I was like, what, where does that come from? And finally, one day, just researching something, I came across it. It's actually from Lamentations chapter 5, verse 21, where <clears throat> Jeremiah is has written this book. He's expressing the grief and the heartache that has taken hold of Judah after the destruction of Jerusalem. In Lamentations 5.21, he says, Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. <clears throat> renew, renew our days as of old. Saying to restore us, to bring, to bring us back, to turn us from, from our time of grief into our time of rejoicing and a fellowship with you. <clears throat> so that's an example that uh, that song there was one that, that drove me to to look at scripture and to try to to try to find out, okay, is this actually true? Uh, another example, one that made me ponder for a while, uh, for for a little while, is um, "Your Will Be Done" by City of Light. Man, just a beautiful song about Christ and how He prayed in the garden that Father, not not as I will, but Your will be done, and how we should have that same attitude. But in the second verse, it had this interesting phrase that that um. What wonders faith to bear that cross? I begin to wonder, I was like, did Jesus have faith? You know, when we talk about faith, we talk about faith for salvation uh, most of the time. But faith doesn't doesn't always mean that. It, Hebrews talks about faith being a conviction of something not yet seen. And actually, when we look at scripture, we see that uh, Jesus' humanity and his divinity, again, we don't fully understand how this works. But scripture does seem to, seem to teach that uh well, actually, Scripture does teach that Jesus trusted the Father. Hebrews chapter two, verse thirteen, talking about the why Christ had to take on flesh. Uh, the author of Hebrews is cites several Old Testament passages to show that Jesus was fully human. Uh, in Hebrews chapter two, verse thirteen, he gives two. He says, "And again, I will put, I will put my trust in Him." There, that the I being Christ, put my trust in Him, being the Father. And when we think about it, that we say that, yeah, Jesus in his humanity, he did believe that the cross was the only way for there to be salvation. In Mark chapter 14, verses 35 and 36, uh, Jesus prays, says, I know that all things are, are possible with you. Uh, paraphrase a little bit, he says, uh, remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but as you will. That, uh, that in the Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, talks about how Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, that he, he had believed that even though in his humanity, he believed that <clears throat> those was an incredibly excruciating uh, experience. This was the father's will, and this is what would bring salvation for man. So in that sense, there was a, a faith aspect that he had in his humanity. Of course, in his divinity, he knew all things. 
And once more, we don't fully understand how this works. Um, another example would be like, how did Jesus, uh, when Jesus is talking with the disciples on the Mount of Olives, and he says, talking about when he returns, he says that, of that day and hour, no one knows but the Father in heaven, not even the Son of Man. He says, you know, in his humanity, he didn't, there was certain limitation upon him. And how that worked with his divinity, we don't fully know. But we do know that he was fully God and fully man. But yeah, just those, that's just, that was a little bit of a sidetrack there. But songs can teach us. And, and I guess that's the point that I wanted to share was that one that we often overlook. We, we talk about music, using music to praise God. And it's a very uh, individualistic thing that we are praising the Lord in our own devotions or at church, which is important. We do have an individual personal relationship with the Lord, but it also has ramifications for how we serve one another. And our songs are used to teach, to teach us and to remind us of truths and also to help teach one another, to remind each other of who God is and what he has done and what our response should be. And that's not meant to scare us to think that we can't sing uh, any song and we're worried that we might just introduce something wrong. Um, no, we should, we should be discerning and try to make sure the songs that we are singing are true. But we don't have to be worried or afraid. Uh, there is grace with the Lord, and he does give us discernment by the Spirit. But what to look at the positive aspect that, that songs are a beautiful tool that God has given us. It's not just something of beauty. It's not just something utilitarian that uh, we can we confess certain things, as good as those are. But it's a way to express truth in a beautiful way. And the Lord has created us to be able to to enjoy beauty, to produce beauty through music. So it's just an, an aspect of God's grace that he has given us this and that we should rejoice that we can sing truths to God and to one another through our music. And this has been something that's been, um, I don't know, coming to my mind as a couple of songs recently been thinking about and uh, seeing how songs can help teach scripture and to reinforce that and looking at different places in scripture that actually show that our songs do teach and that's a good aspect so i just wanted to share that and uh in a future episode i said we'll we'll dig into the two-pronged purpose of our music uh probably not next week um sometimes down the road we'll, sh we'll shake it up we'll get we'll get back to it again but uh wanted to share that and i'm looking forward to continuing on the season and sharing other aspects of music like this uh maybe like a mini series on music or it might be some standalone episodes but we'll see how it comes but i appreciate people listening to the podcast and until next time read the word and take your stand thank you for listening to the podcast i hope it was an encouragement and a blessing to find out more information about here i stand ministries check out hisministries.com scripture quotations are from the nasb the new american standard bible Copyright 1971-1995 by the Lockman Foundation. Used by permission. All rights reserved.